Welcome to episode 40 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. And you may have noticed there was no intro music. That's because, well, shit happens. Uh, I had intro music, but the problem is my intro music has April's lovely voice on it. And unfortunately, April is no longer my co-host. I now have Robert and my lovely wife, Katie. So, uh, yeah, we don't have intro music yet. But with that said, how's it going, Robert? It's going well, James. How's it going for you? Uh, <laughs> it's been a very interesting day in the Lewis household, uh, but we are going to focus on the positive that is reptiles. We're not going to worry about our floors anymore tonight because I can't handle it. Well, I spent the day while they were working on the floors and the rest of the house, organizing and finally getting my reptile room in order, only to have to realize that I had to shove more shit in here because I had to get it off the floors of the rest of the house. So, uh, my organized reptile room is now going to start getting filled up with more stuff from the house. I mean, the piano looks really awesome in here, though. Yeah, that's what I wanted. The piano <laughs> in my reptile room. So were you guys off today? We were. We were off for Veterans Day. So we Ooh. have tomorrow and Friday that we're back at school. And it has felt like Sunday all day. Nice. Because we're home. So it's been weird. Yeah. I went out of town for the weekend and uh, because we, I wasn't able to do the show and didn't come back till Monday. So to me, it's Tuesday today. But it's not <laughs> really yes. Tuesday. I, I there are a lot of teachers that really enjoy shorter weeks where we have a random day off. I personally hate them because it throws off the rest of my week, and I lose track of what day it is. I would much rather prefer a Monday. Like there's a parish next to us. For those of you out listening, a parish is the same thing as a county. We're just in Louisiana, and we have to do shit different. But there's a parish next to us that has four day weeks, so they're off Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I was like, I want to do that. That's what I want. But I don't want to teach in that parish. No, I don't want that parish sucks. But <laughs> their their schedule is awesome. Oh. Uh. So yeah, you weren't at the show this weekend. This past weekend we had a show in the first time show in Lafayette. <laughs> uh and I was I was sad because you were supposed to be next to me there. But yeah. he made a new friend. I want oh, a good. new friend. It was, wow. a, it was a it was a someone I knew, but I had never been next to them at a show. And for those of you that have never been at a show, when you're stuck next to someone for two days in a row, they become you become buddy buddy with them. It's important that you get along and agree on topics with yes. one another. So you don't have to agree, but just get along with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, James and I don't agree on ball pythons, but we get along great. I mean, there yeah, you ball go. pythons suck. But uh, oh my God. no, I was next to to Ty from. Uh, why can I not think of Ty's companies? It's something reptiles. Well, the art, rowdy reptiles. Oh, okay. Uh, and so I got to play with iguanas and chameleons and tegus all weekend. That's fun. I, got, I know. I got to hold an albino tegu. I've never even yes. seen an albino tegu. He randomly texted me to ask if we had an extra $1,300 laying around. <laughs> Which, shocker, said, we did not. No, sorry. So how long did we you have to think about that, Katie? Not long at all. <laughs> Although my follow-up question was, what did you find that you want? Right. <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, I did sell an iguana this weekend. I mean, because Ty had to go to get food, which I will explain food in a second because you missed out. Nah, dude. I saw so many posts about the food oh, this weekend. I was so oh, sad. Dude. But someone came up and goes, I want this iguana. And I was like, okay. Easiest sell I've ever had. <laughs> I, I grabbed the iguana. I put it in a container. took their money. I sold an iguana. Nice. I mean, I didn't get any money for the iguana, but I sold an iguana. Uh, and he sold a crap ton of iguanas there. Jeez. So a lot of chameleons. 
chameleons. He did sell a lot of chameleons. Several tegus. It was, it was a pretty good weekend for him. I did have a pretty good weekend, too. Uh, it was a really awesome show. There was a really great turnout, even though it rained on and off Sunday. Saturday was really good. Sunday was slow for everyone. It was and it was a slow Sunday, but Saturday was really good. Yeah, I talked to several people, and they either did really well or not not good at all. There was like no in between. But most people said they did really well this weekend. Yeah, I um. So the food, you missed out on it. So mm-hmm. Tanya, who is one of the other, pretty much she's another vendor. She's with Gecko Element. With, from Gecko Element. Uh, but she's from Louisiana, and she made chicken and sausage gumbo. I may or may not have consumed about four bowls total all weekend. It was pretty good. And then she made some of the best red beans and rice I've ever had. And he was skeptical about eating her red beans and rice. I wasn't skeptical rice. about eating it. I just, <laughs> anyways. And then somehow I didn't find out, I didn't find out until the second day. That they had Frito Chili Cheese Pies. And I love Frito Chili Cheese Pies. So the second day I had a Frito Chili Cheese Pie. Just because. And it was homemade chili. She made the chili also. Mm. Yeah. I won't be missing that show next time. Yeah. Yes. That was awesome. That, that was. It, it was the. I'm going to tell you right now. It's the best food I've had at any shows. And we've had some decent food at some of the shows. But some of the venues are very picky about. It and they have contracts with who has to serve food. Uh, this one was like. Yeah. Do whatever you want. So Tanya got in there. making. She started cooking on Friday. It was so good. And we, while we were setting up, we could smell our cooking on Friday. Mm. And then we got there Saturday morning. <laughs> whole place smelled like gumbo and red beans and rice. And I love chicken and sausage gumbo. See, and I, because I grew up on the coast in Alabama, I'm used to seafood gumbo. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, this was hands down the best chicken of any form I've ever consumed in my entire life. It was what? fabulous. My weekend wasn't all bad. I came home with a cooler full of venison, so I can't really complain too much. I was about to much. say, I saw that Logan got one this weekend. Yeah, he got a pretty nice buck, and I got a doe, so we got plenty of venison and and hopefully so, a little more. So maybe I'll get some, some deer jerky for Christmas. Maybe so. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be like for Thanksgiving, because the last time I'll see you guys is... You can mail it. I like oh. to get things in the mail that is not a bill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't have time between now and that show to make everybody else's Christmas present. So people are going to get stuff in the mail. I, I like to think that I single-handedly keep the U.S. Postal Service open during the holidays. <laughs> Logan says hi. Hi, hi. Logan. <laughs> I, uh, I think Josephine's studying for multiplication. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. So I, I, I know nobody else out there cares, but I've... in. Invited myself over to Roberts for spring break because I want to shoot a pig. Yep, we got plenty I, of them. I don't, so I don't hunt just because I. I mean, it's way easier to fish than hunt because hunt you have to have land and all that. It's way easier just to find a puddle and go catch a fish out of it. But I so badly want to shoot a hog. Anybody out there is like, but it's a loving animal. You've never seen a hog and the horrible <laughs> things it can do in the wild where it doesn't belong. I still want to shoot one. Yeah, we have thousands of them up there. All right, but so you, you are talk. we ready to you, get... You talk, I, I'm trying to do I something. know, he's like on his phone with someone, so I don't know if we're... No, y'all, y'all just keep... Talk amongst yourselves. Oh my lord. <laughs> it kills me. Yeah? So, when you guys travel, 
what do you do with your reptiles? Like when you go to the camp for long periods of time and things like that, what do you do with your reptiles and things that you have at home? We have some friends that'll come take care of them. You know, reptiles are so low maintenance anyway. For me, it's the, it's my rodents that need daily care more than anything. So um, my daughter's girlfriend will stay here a lot of times. If uh, mm-hmm. And my daughter, you know, Lily, she doesn't go to every show. So they'll stay here because, you know, she's 18. So they'll stay and take care of the reptiles and, and uh, you know, take care of the rodents. So it's, it's pretty pretty simple that's a good that's one of the things i think i love about reptiles so much is i don't have to look at them every single day and worry about whether or not they're going to live or not right um, but we I also have, have a couple of cats and a dog so they require you know daily care right uh, my my parents will take care of the dogs for us when we go out of town and if we're out of town for more than just a day or two then we'll have someone else come over that knows reptiles and they'll right. take care of that and my students are always curious because we have several classroom pets and so right. for if it's longer than a, a one or two day thing then they'll come to the house or you know we'll, we'll go up back up to school to check on the them over thing, the break the good thing is we mostly have snakes right so like you can leave for two weeks as long as you got a big enough water bowl yep uh the pain in the butt is like i also have five tortoises and then I have a Euromastix. And after this weekend, we now have another lizard in the house. You like clay. I don't, I don't dislike clay. I just am tired of things with legs. Yeah. And yet you played with things with legs all weekend. Because oh, I didn't bring them home. Oh, Travis all right. So, okay, before we get there, we had another guest lined up. Unfortunately, I canceled. But I reached out to... Apparently one of our most popular guests, and I can't figure out why. But because pe- he's awesome. But people love him. I reached out to Travis Wyman, and he says, sure. So how's it going, Travis? <laughs> it's going well. How about you guys? It's good. I'm super excited to have you on. So this is Travis's first time on with my new co-host. I've been on a podcast with Travis before. Thank you very much. But he, Robert's never been on with Travis. Oh. And you were not technically the co-host when yeah, I, have I was not. filling in for your co-host. That's he true. Yeah, I don't have luck with co-host. I don't. I, it's got to be me, apparently. Uh, so I, I hate it for you, Robert and Katie. Uh, but something's going to happen to y'all at some point, I guess. Jeez, yeah, we'll okay. for that, man. <laughs> so, so, tra- so, Travis, keep your calendars open. You may be my next call. I don't. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> so, how you been, Travis? Besides cooking food every week for your coworkers, and I want to be your coworker. <laughs> uh I've been busy. I've been real busy. Um you know, life and work will drag it out of you sometimes. Yes. Any new animals in the collection? <laughs> Nothing new in the collection. Ro- Robert, you'll you'll like this because Travis breeds ball pythons. I know. I'm friends with Travis on <laughs> Facebook, so I see his stuff. Freaking ball pythons. I like ball pythons. Freaking ball pythons. I looked at lots of ball pythons at the show this past weekend. Freaking ball Uh pythons. (laughs) Don't worry. We're not getting them. No. They're fun for just the simple, mindless aspect of being able to breed stuff and just make pretty, you know, make pretty picture type of things. Exactly. That's why I breed ball pythons. And it gives me something to do, you know. While I'm growing up the rubber boas, while I'm trying to figure out everything that's needed for the calabars, while my brettles are growing up, while my 
Ranthiophis are growing up, while my kukris are growing up, you know. When you're letting all those other things grow up and learning the tempo of them and picking up all the different peculiarities to those species, it's nice to have something that you can just mindlessly say, I want something pretty and I want to be able to do it without having to think. And I don't and I don't want it to move. I don't want Ugh. I get I don't want to have to have an eight foot cage for it. Yeah, exactly. I uh so you mentioned the rubber boas, so I'm gonna jump to it. Uh I so I organized my snake room today and I bought a cooler. I mentioned on the podcast a while back that I bought a, a wine cooler for my rubber boas forever ago. From a very sketchy place. That whole thing was a oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, we got it. I plugged it in today, and I'm looking at it, and it's actually cooling down. So very soon, I will be putting my rubber boas in there and then just, like, not getting any sleep for three months. I'm horrified. You'll be fine. He's- I mean, it, it, is, it is really unsettling the first time you go through it. And the second time, you know, <laughs> and the third time you go through it. Well, we, <laughs> moved the, we moved the recliner into the snake room today because we couldn't leave it where it was because of the floor situation. But I, I have a feeling that it may end up staying in here just because he could sleep in the James recliner if he needs to. Yes, I think I'm, I'm only going to see him when he comes out to like go to the bathroom or find food. I'm going to sit there and stare at my rubber bow and make sure they're still alive. As they lay there not moving. And exactly. not doing anything. You say anything. not moving, but I've heard stories of them like moving around in the snow, which is just freaking insane. They actually are very cold tolerant. Um, so the one time I found one in the wild. Um, so I'm one of my hobbies is whitewater rafting. And one of my favorite rivers is the Middle Fork of the Salmon up in Idaho. And I have been going to that river for... 30 odd years on and off and it had been about my 12th or 13th trip up there and I've always looked for them never seen them never seen them never seen them it was late June it was 40 degrees out 11 o'clock at night and I found one wow that's that's crazy like that's yeah nothing in my mind says I should go look for snakes in 40 degree weather at night well, I I wasn't looking. Oh, no, I was I just... heading back to my I was heading back to my tent from the campfire to go to bed, and I sat down and I put my hand down and something started flailing around under my hand. You freaked out, light, didn't you? Yeah. And when I turned the light, there was a rubber boa, and I was and, like, "You've you've got to be kidding!" And then you freaked out even more because it was a rubber boa. <laughs> yes, it was. It was my life for a moment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know what I would have done in that moment. Like, that would have been the most amazing thing to see one in the wild. Every single person in the campsite would have been woken up, yes. whether we wanted to be or not, had it been James. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm bad enough, like, when I come in and I find babies, because I still get excited, no matter how many litters of Sambo babies I get, that, like, if they're asleep, I'll wake people up just to tell them that we had babies. Like, I'll wake up my daughter. I'll wake up Katie. Oh, it doesn't matter what time it is either. He's coming through screaming, there's baby snakes. Get up. There's baby snakes. I've pulled clutches of eggs at two in the morning before and made people get up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an amazing feel. Like, Look, I'm telling you right now, if you're out there and you're breeding snakes and you have a litter or a clutch of eggs and you're not excited when it comes, stop. Just sell all your shit. Get rid of your animals. Uh, you should be excited every time you see one of those little tiny heads pop up. Yes. 
and it doesn't matter what it is, you know. If if you're breeding, you know, bring it back to ball pythons, it's not all about the color. If if you're breeding ball pythons and a, a baby normal pops out and you're upset and depressed, then, yeah, you're not in it for the right reasons. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I, I've bred so many just like they're het andry sambos, but they're just little normal sambos. And every single baby, like as I'm pulling them out of the bedding, I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever. So. Yep, that, I'm ho- hopefully going to be doing that this next season with Sambos. It's so much easier than eggs. I mean, yeah, I've never but... had to do. Well, I, have, I have done with, dealt with eggs a little before. I bred uh, uh, leopard geckos for a short period of time, and those are super cute when they come out. They're man, they are small. And then uh, I did try my hand at corn snakes, and that was god awful because of mold. But uh, live babies are so easy. Well, I say live baby, live live birth, live babies are definitely right. easy. Well, dead babies are really easy; they don't move. But yeah, yeah dead, dead babies are really easy. That's, but live don't birth, have to worry about feeding them, don't have to worry about housing them. I mean, I still have one in my freezer right now. So yeah, so do I. I think most people that breed have a dead snake at some point in their freezer throughout the year. You, you, you need a blackhead or a Kribo or a really large king snake or something. James. Yeah, I used to that problem. I used to have a king snake and, uh, and he did very much enjoy baby snakes. Yeah. I have a very large Mexican black king snake for that reason. Yeah. My, my blackhead fulfills that role for me. We don't talk about Mexican black king snakes in this house, Robert. Why is that? <laughs> because we should have bought because, one like 15 stop. years ago. There's still this. I don't know. Hold on. There's still this whole we, and yet only one person feeds the snakes. Only one person cleans the cages. But only one person actually knows uh, what's in the snake room. We do this every week. week and the, every your week. listeners are really going to get tired of this. I do a lot of things for you. Therefore, you take care of my snakes. Yeah, it's a win-win for everybody involved. That's not true. <laughs> you don't like the snakes I like. So it's not- that is a problem. We do not have the same taste in reptiles at all. If I'm going to get bit by a snake, I'm not getting bit by a king snake. Oh, come on. Uh, I'm not that hurt. hurts. I'm just not wasting the energy and getting bit by a snake I don't like. <laughs> I better at least enjoy, like, I better at least go, ah, damn, it bit me. But at least I still like the snake. So, Travis. I'm going to send, send you a kukri, James. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like being bit by a snake. Oh, no. You keep your weird, your weird toothed snakes to yourself. Do you have anything other than snakes in your collection, Travis? It's very possible that you've um, mentioned this, and I just have not paid attention or remember. My, my personal collection, uh, I guess, sort of, but not really. Um, my daughter has Cresties, um, and I have a tarantula that I guess technically is my ex-wife's, but when she left, she left the tarantula behind, so now I have a tarantula. I vaguely remember this story. I think we've talked about this before. That's good. I don't remember it at all. But <laughs> I, I'm. we now have – we have a Crestie. My daughter has a Crestie. And like we said earlier, this past weekend we picked up a – Don't roll your eyes. A fat tail gecko. <laughs> uh, I had a fat – well, my daughter had a fat tail. I actually had fat tails when I was a little younger than we, her. We have one too. Jeez. Now – They're cool. I will say with that – uh, to Jay and Tanya of Gecko Element, they're two of the most amazing people ever, and I want to greatly uh, thank them for what they did for my daughter this weekend. It made her whole weekend. 
she walked around with that. She was that kid that walked around with her little lizard that she got out of the container. <laughs> out of the container. She's like, like, "Can I please <clears throat> hold him? Do I have to leave him in the cup?" Um, and she has taken him out of the cage every day. Yeah. After school, I mean, she's she is absolutely smitten, and she's done so much so much research on this animal, and we I, we set it up in a little bioactive enclosure. We did buy one of those cool. I don't know if either one of y'all have bought or you know the little plastic huts but they're humidity highs they have little sponges on the top of them yep we bought one of those this weekend which was super cool uh we'll see how it goes but i was like that's a really neat thing that's way cooler than just a regular plastic hut for anybody that doesn't know so it's a little black plastic huts you see them at any reptile show because they're on like 50 million tables but on top there's a sliding door and underneath there are two sponges that are flat i'm gonna tell you one of the coolest things is when you add water because they instantly poof up which is kind of cool and uh, it just it keeps the humidity in there, so it's a little humidity hide without having to do like any special bedding or anything. You just wet the sponges. So, if you might use a humidity hide, they make them. I think they make them in a small, which is what we got. Our, uh, I guess it's small, and I heard they're making a larger one. I haven't seen it yet, but I have heard they're making a larger one. So, and as far as legs, I still got my jumping spider, which I'm looking at right now, which I fed earlier this week, which is still one of the coolest things to ever watch. I strongly suggest anybody out there get a jumping spider. <laughs> I had a small colony of them for a while. Are they not the cool? Like they're awesome to watch hunt. Oh, they're awesome. Have you ever seen the the giant Southeast Asian ones? Yes, I've seen videos of them. Yeah, those things are huge. Yeah. Well, like my whole I life, I've been like, I really like jumping spiders, but they're just so small. And then I realized that we have large, larger ish ones, like quarter sized ones in the states. And then I saw that video of the one. In Asia, and I was like, that thing is huge. But, yeah, and then we have Katie's aunt. I also have larvae. Thank you very much. I was about yeah. to ask. And I'm so excited. I've always wanted an ant colony or an ant farm. And I don't know. I just, she's cool. I, so we do have larvae. And then I watched a video today on uh, carpenter ants, which is what she is. And then I realized, holy shit, we're still a long ways away from more than one ant. Because I was like, oh, these larvae may grow pretty quick. And then I started seeing what, like, how big they actually get before they become ants. We're nowhere near that yet. So we're still at one ant for a while. It's okay. It will be okay. <sighs> You're one ant. It's been two anyway. weeks, That's all. It feels like it's been much longer, okay? <laughs> I was there when, you bought, when she bought it. <laughs> Oh, so, so anyways, yes, this past weekend we had the show. That was great. I did pretty good. Sold quite a bit. Um, and then next weekend there's, so we have to mention our sponsors. I guess one of our sponsors is on here, but we mentioned our sponsors. Uh, didn't do it at the beginning. Herb's Reptile Shows, which is where I spent my last three weekends. And it's where Robert's going to spend his coming up weekend in Stafford. Yep. And the next weekend in New Orleans. Are you ready for the Stafford show? Uh, yeah. I will be after tomorrow when we finish building everything. Get to work, Robert. Slacker. Yep. Yeah. I only drove like <laughs> 300 miles today to get that trailer and back. God, do some more work. Slacking, and then have- man. Slacking. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have New Orleans in two weeks, which should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show. Somebody needs to find us a place to stay because it's still less than two weeks away and we don't have a place to stay yet. I got saying. an Airbnb like a block from the venue. I'll get right on that after I'm done with 
40 other million things in life right now. Those aren't important. Somewhere to stay in New Orleans is very important. <laughs> so, Herb's Reptile Shows, come to them. They're awesome. And then after New Orleans, uh, they had to cancel the Colorado show, unfortunately. Uh, stupid COVID. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the it capacity was-, was like 25 people. Including vendors. Including staff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you could get the staff and maybe uh, three vendors, and then you'd be done. Yep. But no customers. So, yeah, they had to unfortunately cancel that one. And then there is – why can I not think there's another one at some point? What's the other one, Robert? Uh, uh, we have Austin the weekend after Thanksgiving. Austin, that's right. Well, that's and then, it for the year. That's it for the year. And then we wait till so if you need to get Christmas presents, Austin is your last chance. Yep. Then we start over with the new year with Slidell. Yeah, yep. Slidell is in the first month, and then, then we Conroe. No, 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 no. Longview. No, no Slidell, and then um, Oklahoma City. Oh yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not we doing don't that do one. that one. That's and then Longview and then Conroe. So you know, we have four four in a row in January. We have one a week off and then two more. Yeah. But anywho, uh, so one thing I wanted to talk about this week was something I read on Riley Jemison's Facebook page that I really thought was interesting. Uh, let me close out some of the stuff so I can read it. Jeez. Katie, quit talking to people on Facebook. Pop it up on my screen. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Riley posted. It's not long, long, so I'll read the whole thing. What if there was a system in place where reptile product companies sponsored breeders the same way clothes and gear companies sponsor athletes? Instead of sponsors for only podcasts, there would be companies that sponsored prolific breeders and content creators with their racks, cages, thermostats, tools, swag, etc. That way, these companies could foster the growth of the reptile industry slash hobby by financially supporting the professionally and professionally supporting them as a brand ambassador. He said, thought of the day from his random mind, which I thought was a pretty good thought. Uh, and I think it kind of happens. I mean, we were sponsored by an awesome rack company. Yes, you are. Uh, yes, the awesomest I, rack company. But I think what Riley's talking about is if a rack company were to sponsor a breeder instead yeah. of a podcast, no, that they would supply that breeder with those racks so that then when you are selling your babies, you would push your rack system. Well, I mean, I'm sure that uh, Justin Kabilka is getting a discount from Freedom Breeder. So, I get hit up two or three times a week from, air quote, breeders wanting me to give them free racks so that they'll promote me on their YouTube and their Instagram and I look at their, you know, of course I go look, I, I give everyone the chance. I do the due diligence and I go look at their YouTube and see that they have, you know, a hundred followers and I go look at their Instagram where they might have a thousand followers and that's not anywhere near enough impressions for me to even make one sale. So for me, it's not worth it. Oh um, yeah. I mean, I totally understand that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there may be a few breeders out there that might make it worth it, but th- that, that, that goes towards marketing costs, which are some of the most expensive things that you have in business. And, you know, I want a four to one return on marketing cost on my marketing dollar at least. So if I sponsor someone with $3,000 worth of racks, I'm going to need, you know, $12,000 worth of sales out of that pretty quickly in order for it to, to make sense to me because I'd get about 150 to one return on my marketing costs on Facebook and Instagram. So 
for me, it wouldn't make sense at all. Well, yeah, it's different sponsoring, say, Emily from Snake Discovery. Right. And who random dude. A million random, followers. Yeah, or random dude A who has one rack of ball pythons in his parents' basement. Exactly. Like, that's, exactly. that's not. But then that person will get upset because you didn't give them free stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't like my response when they get upset. But, I mean, it's okay. the same for anybody that's. Like, I mean, Michael Jordan wouldn't have been sponsored by Nike if he never made it to the NBA. Exactly. So, someone needs to, to sponsor Travis with some baking equipment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Then maybe I can get I'm, some I'm, cookies I'm, in the I'm mail. My, my, my wife would probably kill me if I started bringing in more pots and pans and things. <laughs> <laughs> How much? All right. How much of the stuff in the kitchen is yours versus hers? And don't give me this. Mm. It's ours because that's that's bullshit. There's your stuff and her stuff. Yes, <laughs> all of the random gadgets in our kitchen belong to James. Same here. I'll do all the uh, cooking. Probably about probably about ninety percent. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I like and, I, and the ten percent that isn't mine is the stuff that. When we, you know, when we brought our households together, she's like, well, we can get rid of this. I was like, or we can keep it and have two of them. (laughs) (laughs) That's such something that James would say. So I I fully understand the importance. This is why I have two KitchenAid mixers. Hey, you need one and I have one. You can never have one. I was like, oh, hell no, we need two. Yeah, don't get rid of one. That's, I understand that. We don't have one yet. I want one badly. They're awesome. But like I'm full I understand owning things that have more than one use, but when it comes to the kitchen, I'm totally like it has one use, but it's awesome. Like I used to have a egg it broke, I need to get a new one. But an egg cracker. You put the egg in it, pull a handle, it cracks the egg open for you. What? It it even came with a separator if you wanted to separate your yolk from your white. It's the most amazing thing. Because you can't do it with your normal hands. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was gonna say, James, I, I may have to revoke your man card on oh, it. Oh gosh, y'all! <laughs> y'all, shut up! It's it was awesome, and she wasn't complaining when I was making omelets for her. He did make really great omelets, but I haven't had those in a while because so I don't I have an I'm egg cracker. Have to buy this egg cracker again. So I I have a sous vide egg bite maker that I use to make breakfast pretty often, which is just a fancy way of making little omelets. But you know, it, we like it, and it's kind of bougie, but. I just, uh, I just yeah. strike me as a thing you would have in your house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. So uh, my wife goodness. likes the egg bites at Starbucks, so I ordered it on Amazon, and I use it two or three times a week. Nice. <laughs> oh. So anyways, back to the being sponsored thing. Back to the actual reptile talk. <laughs> right. Uh, but no, I, I, I fully understood where Riley was coming from. I thought it would be really cool. Um. And it got me thinking of just the fact that I think more people in the hobby need to work together. Um, just a small example this past weekend. So <laughs> at the Herb's Reptile Shows, because again, it's like a family. There's like 15 million Sean's for some reason. I don't know why it's a super popular yeah. name. But there's one There's one Sean, Sean Gray. He, he runs it. And then everybody else has like a nickname. So to everyone else, Nine Finger Sean, we know who that is. But Sean mm-hmm. Trimbach, Trimbach. Uh, does a lot of like venomous and he also does a lot of inverts. He does some really cool uh, herping equipment, like hooks and stuff. I, I need to get one. from them. They're great. I used I them this weekend. Get... You bought the backpack hook, right? That collapses. Yeah, I bought that. I bought a, um, 
a four foot hook or three. Yeah. And I bought a, a stump ripper from him. Yeah. I want to get one of those collapsible hooks so bad from him, but so I was selling small little, uh, I smell, I sell small, simply bio, bioactive cages for like inverse, stuff like that. He has uh, vinegaroons and scorpions and he had these really awesome assassin bugs. And so I went to him and said, Hey, look, man, give me a couple of those to put on my table. I don't want to cut at all of those if I sell them, but I have habitats I can sell with them. And it was something like that. Like, I don't want anything from him. I want to help him sell them. I want to help me sell. I just, it was just a small example of, I think in the hobby, more people need to work together instead of quit. You need to stop seeing each other as competition and more as you're all in one group. And if one person does well, everyone else does well. So rising tide phenomena. Yes. You're helping him. He's helping you. You put them on your table or you put them in one of your enclosures. People see what they can do with the enclosure, but you're like this, you know, I can't give you the animal. I can give you the enclosure. If you want the animal, Sean down there is where I got the animal from. Then they go down and they buy the animal from Sean. And I need to have Sean on here because He's got some really good stories. One, how he became Nine Finger Sean. But yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't know the story, so I'd love to hear it. Oh, it's a good story. I, I won't sure tell it. Something to do with a venomous snake. Of course, it, it does. And it's, <laughs> but I mean, there's about a million awesome stories from him. Uh, but yeah, it was just I saw I saw that comment from Riley where, and it made me thinking. Yeah, I think people need to work together. Um, but at the same time, I'm not saying companies should give free stuff to people. That's not what I'm saying either. Like. You know, a rack, a certain rack company should give me free stuff because I know them. I'm just kidding. Yeah. If anything free is coming into this house, it's going to be a rack that will hold corn snake babies. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, somebody's daughter may have already talked about that. I was going to say, a certain nine year old has already hit him up for information on one. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I do know a certain rack company. That uh, was looking at making like baby colubrid racks. So that yes, could come handy. The tubs just yeah. got here today. Very cool. Will you have them by Stafford? No. Uh, I might. That'd probably be the first of the year before I get a chance to do any new design because I've got some, uh, some new tubs that I bought from ARS too that are a little different um, that I'm working on some design on as well. So yeah, it'll be probably first of the year. Fancy. Just speaking of new tubs and racks, I know we talked about um, on the podcast. I've mentioned uh, why is our brain going blank? Who makes the really cool cages? Focus Cube. Focus Cube. Have you seen the fo- new Focus Cube rack? Yeah, you sent it to me. I, I know. I was making sure you saw it. You were yes. you were in the middle of the woods all week or whatever. I so I just Has Travis seen it? <clears throat> Travis, have you seen it? Which new Focus Cube? I mean, they've put out a whole bunch of crazy different things, <laughs> they, like from that six foot tower to the Cambro tub thing to the, the Cambro tub. The, uh, yeah, I, I, just, I saw the Cambro thing that that looks pretty nice. Again, I think when I think of them, I don't think of them in the same sense I think of like you, Robert, where you're making your and that's not it's two totally different things. I don't think you're competing with each other, and I don't think anybody's really competing. But no, not at all. Their their stuff is completely different, and it's really cool to see that they use like the uh, the clear. I mean, the problem is they're a little more that that material is a little more less for it's a little less forgiving if you drop it. But they use those clear, taller tubs. It'd be really cool if you're keeping like uh, cresties in a rack or something. I think or like yes. babies. 
Yeah, I, I've I just got some fifty five series ARS tubs that are uh, polycarbonate like that, and I'm gonna be interested to see how they sell because they're perfectly clear and they're the polycarbonate's easier to clean. But like you said, if you drop it, it's probably gonna shatter. Yeah, you you lose it's it's more rigid, but you can see through it. It's like it's a, it's a give or take. But uh, I think their rack had like a I want to say it had a built in thermostat in it and. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of cool. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. It was, a, it was a neat rack that I saw. Such a such a nice rack. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It has back heat. It has a built-in thermostat, and it has uh, multiple spots where you can put your your uh, your probe. So you can actually control each tub individually, which is pretty interesting. Isn't that snazzy? I thought I saw that it also had lighting. It does. It has dimmable oh, yeah, it LED. Like, like, in the, like in the back corners, it runs LED it tubes or something. Yep, I'm looking at it now. It has dimming LED is what it says. Now, with that, I don't want it, that to be misleading that anybody. That's not UV lighting. That would simply just be for you seeing them and for day like light cycles. But it is not going to give UV lighting. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, that's more than most other racks do these days. So. Yes. It's, it is true. Lighting has always been something I thought racks, you know, could do. Again, UV lighting would be the coolest way if somebody could get that. But uh, the way they set that up was really neat. So it's it's coming. <laughs> so, but if anybody needs a really really good rack, Lone Star Reptile Racks is out there. They make really good racks. Well, thank you, James. Oh wait, that's yours. No, I meant the other guys. What is oh. the? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about this week is we kind of launched something new for the podcast on Facebook. Uh, I, I got this idea listening to, uh, Eric and Owen on NPR on Morelia Python radio. And they got to talking about like the old forum days, which I know Katie was never really, she was never saw the old forums. I don't know, Robert, were you ever on the old forums like King snake or any of those? I was on, yeah, on kingsnake.com. Thank we, you very much. Did you actually do anything on there? Were no, you? I just read information. Okay. Sorry, Robert. What was that? I was interrupted. Yes, I was on Kingsnake and Fauna. Yes, years ago. And, and Travis, I assume you were too. Um, I mean, I read Kingsnake. I wasn't actually on Kingsnake. I was, um, I was on the Ralph Davis forum. I was on the BLBC, ballpythons.net. Yeah, I've done my turns on forums. Yeah, so like for anybody younger that hasn't done a forum, it's back back in the day. It was like I say back in the day, it was like it was forever goes early two thousands, mid two thousands. And really, if you want to see what they looked like, just honestly go visit uh, Fauna or Kingsnake because they look exactly the same they have for the last twenty years. Uh, they have not changed one bit. Um, I actually went back the other day on Kingsnake and found some of my old posts from like two thousand five. Um, when I didn't know jack shit. Not that I know it now, but now I can pretend I do. Uh, the forums, there were so, so many people had different ones. Like if you had a website, you could put a forum on it. Like it was, it was one of those things. Every website builder was like, add a forum to your website. Um, and they were cool. There was less arguing back then on forums for sure. Cause it wasn't, you had to go seek out the forum that way. And also everybody didn't have a, one, we didn't really have smartphones, so whatever, you didn't have that in your pocket every five seconds to go bitch at somebody when they said one thing you didn't like. Yes. Uh, well, and it was, unlike Facebook, it's 
perpetually archived. So if you were a dumbass on the forum, <laughs> that would be able to be found forever. Yeah. You know, and it could be pulled back up. And, you know, with Facebook, you can be as stupid as you want all day long. And in a week, nobody's going to be able to find it because there's so much crap on Facebook anyways. Yeah, but I have no – I understand just, nothing about the way that Facebook algorithm works on what I see because it just randomly shows up. But if you were on the old forums, it was done by date and time. So, like, if you checked it on Tuesday and it was Wednesday, you would scroll down to the last thing you saw on Tuesday and work your way up the forum and see what people have posted from that point on. And you used to see some of the coolest, like – new snakes and all this to, whenever someone have some hatch out or born uh and real conversations would start from that kind of stuff you know and and eric and owen were kind of talking about those days you know always hear people talking about we should go back to the forums and I, I don't think we're ever going back to the forums i think that it's just it's an outdated technology that just doesn't work in the lives that we live now but with that said i like the spirit of the forums and so i created a reptile gumbo podcast discussion group so anybody out there if you haven't joined, uh, look up the Reptile Gumbo Podcast discussion group. And that's kind of the point I have for that group was if you bred something together or you had a question about something, that you could really go and talk to real reptile people. Not, and this is not a bad, I'm not bad at mm. anybody who's just getting into reptiles who has one bearded dragon. and But you could reach out to people that have experience. And it could be, and it's moderated by like me, Robert, and my wife. So like, we can get rid of some of the Riff raff. Riff raff. Yeah. Riff. I'm glad we both went with the old style. We're, we're both like from 1920. But, uh, dude, I've got like 10 years on you. <laughs> but I, I wanted some more for that. So if anybody's listening, if you want that, go join. I would really like to see more conversations driven in there uh, because I know a lot of these reptile groups. I'm in a lot of the reptile groups and it's very hard to have a true conversation. And we, and we set out for this, it was kind of like a two strikes and you're out. The first time you fuck up, we're going to delete whatever you said and give you a heads up. Second time you fuck up, you're out. Um, just because, and no one wants to deal with people arguing, you know, if they shows there's their snake feeding, a feeding a live rat to something. You don't have to comment. You don't like that. Right. You, you, you're allowed to just keep scrolling. That's a, that's a thing that you're allowed to do. Facebook didn't say, Hey, please comment on everything. So, Yes, that was my whole point behind that. I was like, I wanted something where we could go back to having in-depth conversations, even if we don't agree. Oh, I'm I'm going to throw monkey works in you. Not that I don't appreciate shut what up, you're Travis. doing there. I won't shut up. You invited <laughs> me on here. You're going to listen to me. Damn it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I do appreciate what you're doing there, and I think it's a good idea. Um, and by and large, I kind of agree with you that forums are not coming back but i would say forums in the style that they were are never coming back um morph market kicked off their morph market reptile community which is a new take on forums it's the uh discuss software so it kind of is profiled a little bit like facebook where it's more amenable to, you know, scrolling on your phone type of thing, but it still operates in the forum type manner where if people comment on it, it rises up to the top again and allows to be commented. It's searchable. You can find old threads. It's got, you know, 
everybody's forum name and thing. So it's kind of sort of a hybrid between the social media that everybody's used to, but a little bit of that forum mentality that used to exist. And I've been on there for a bit. I like it. It's different. It's a little bit unfamiliar to me in some ways, just because, you know, I've never been a super huge social media type person. I mostly just kind of scroll and flow. But if you can get yourself to bypass the idea that it's social media, but not treat it like it's, you know, the old fauna type forum or the V bulletin setup type forum, I think it's a very conducive way to have these conversations as well. And I have seen a lot of really good conversations in there. I've also seen a lot of utter tripe because people still come on there and treat it just like it's Facebook and they start the pissing contests and the throwing up, you know, Mm -hmm. as much crap as they can. And unlike Facebook, it's got moderators, it's got an admin. And, you know, like you said, if you're just going to be a perpetual dick, we'll show you the door. I was just playing with it and saw it. I like it. I, I, I do. Like I said, I miss the old, the days of the forums. Uh, it, it was, it was definitely different. Like I said, it was a lot more people back then would just read like Katie's saying, would just read stuff and just sit in the background and not comment, which is okay. It is okay to just read and learn and wait your turn. Like, and that's not being a, I'm not, again, that's not being a jerk and be like, you don't know enough. You can't say anything. That's not what I'm saying, but like know what you know and kind of realize you don't know what you don't know. And so I know that's confusing, but it makes sense in my head. I, I still, no, I, I understand exactly what you said. You know, go ahead, Robert. I, I've left most of the Facebook reptile groups, but apparently I was still in one earlier and I saw where someone had a snake with a prolapse and didn't know what it was. And it had about 150 comments on it. And I went through and was just kind of reading them. And then, you know, you can click on somebody and see everything they've ever posted in the group. And I would say 75% of those people were people who've bought their first snake in the last six months trying to give this person advice on what to do on a prolapse when they've never actually seen one or dealt with one, but are arguing with experienced keepers over what to do about it. And that's what I hate about the Facebook groups. And I think hopefully with the group that James started, we can definitely get away from that. And I'm looking at the morph market one now, and it seems like a great hybrid of the old and the new. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what I was getting. It's kind of a hybrid. It, you know, does it still have its bumps? Sure. But I think it's mostly got its bumps because it's, it's such a new sort of conceptual thing, at least for the reptile hobby. I know these discuss forums and softwares have been used for other things for years, but I think it's a new take that if other people in the reptile hobby could get their head around it and, get an idea on it might be a more viable avenue to having these good discussions. Like James said, he's trying to promote. So one, it's, uh, one thing like if, if you're looking at, so the thing about the, um, the prolapse, when you get to uh, uh, one like that, there tends to be like 50, 75, 120 comments at that point. There's nothing you need to add. Like anybody, like if, if someone's scrolling through and sees that and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, it's a prolapse. 
read some of the comments. I guarantee there's 30 in there saying it's prolapse. You yep. don't have to throw that in. Like, don't just just chill. Like, if if 10 people have already said it, just go yep and keep scrolling because and and more people need because a lot of that starts to turn into fights because of the way that people say things online. Yep. Sometimes they don't mean it to be a dick. And it's just, it's the way they type. They can't help it. They come across as a jerk. So, so it's like any snake ID group on Facebook same thing. where there's 150,000 <laughs> comments where everybody's like, oh, it's a copperhead, it's a copperhead, it's a copperhead, it's a copperhead. Okay. One person needed to say it. The rest of you could just show right. <laughs> And look, Five days later, there are people going, it's a copperhead. Yeah. <laughs> and, I know. and if 30 people said it's a copperhead and one dick said it's a cotton mouth, just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. It's fine. The, the 30 outweigh the one. What's going to happen is you're going to call it. Someone's going to go, well, you're a moron. Don't comment on what you don't know. It's a cut. And then now we've got a fight going on in, in Facebook yep. for no fucking reason. Yep. Most of the ID groups are pretty good about that, except for the Tennessee ID group. It's like comedic gold. <laughs> that is the greatest group to follow, even though I don't live in Tennessee. But most of the the, the ID groups I'm in are, are very well moderated to keep that from happening. Of course, there's always some that slip through. But, uh, yeah, they call it, you know, parroting. It's always, okay, guys, that's enough. Uh, I think we know 400 times that it's a rough earth snake. <laughs> like, I, uh, so I just threw in our group, my first question was talking about greens. I know most, most of the time I talk about snakes, but I do own stuff that eats non-rodent diets. Uh, and so I just asked most people's go-to preferred green because it's not, it's not uh, iceberg lettuce, folks. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, Not any kind of <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if you're in a pinch and you have nothing, rolling ain't going to work. But don't do – I mean, greens. Go greens. Um, I've always heard mustard. And that was one thing uh, – one of my buddies, JT, mentioned mustard, turnip, and collard. And I've tried all three, but I've always heard mustard was better. I don't know if it's true or why. I don't know, Travis, if you know. But that was – uh, What'd you lose? You back? Travis. Travis. Sean had some great information on there too, you know, for the different, his, his different animals, the different things he feeds them. Well, he also has monkey tails, which eat like 100% pothos. Right. In the wild. Um, and I would say pothos, like when someone's like, what plant should I plant in my, uh, my bioactive enclosure if I'm not really good or if I don't have a lot of light or this or that, I'm like, pothos and they always go what is it I'm like it's the plant on your doctor's receptionist desk it's that yep. <laughs> that vine that's growing down the front of their desk is pothos because it'll grow in inside of any office anywhere yep. um and so yeah he said he he grows uh pothos for his monkey tails um coleus which is one i've tried to grow before but i, I don't have a great green thumb but coleus is another one that grows pretty well if you can if you're not me uh and then everybody else was mustard, collard, turnip, greens. Um, I was trying anything else. Oh, I am working on growing uh, cactus. I have spineless cactus garden that's going on, but that is not a, a green, like a go-to. Here's the bulk of your diet. That's a, here's a treat uh, for my tortoises. But then you can vary it up. But there's also, again, that's also depends on the species because there's a lot of things that certain species can and cannot eat. I know a lot of people want to go with kale. They always like go with kale and kale is not horrible. In extreme moderation, but it cannot be the bulk of your lizard or tortoise's diet. Um, so, go with go with greens, mustard, turnip, collard. 
Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see more people just jump over there, comment something, add something, ask something, uh, post something. If you, if you got an animal, you just want to show off. Sometimes like, like Travis has got those kookery snakes that I guarantee 99% of the hobby, if they were to see a kookery snake would have no fucking clue what it is. And I'm part of that. I'd have no fucking clue what it is unless you showed me their goofy ass teeth. <laughs> so I think Travis died. Yeah, he's like, he's still there, but it's flatlined. Oh, wait, I gotta, he says he can hear the feed now, but no, no, Travis, we can't hear you. You're right. He says Mike went weird. That's messed up. That's just an excuse. He just didn't want to talk to us anymore. That's that's fine, Travis. I see how it is. I don't get cookies and you won't talk to me. (laughs) But, so yeah, there was that. There was something else I wanted to... Oh, our question of the week. I, I did, we did have a question of the week. It was a very broad question. Um, I think you, you came up with this question. I did. Uh, it was, what is your favorite substrate, and what do you keep on it, and why? Which is, again, a very broad question, because there's about a million different ways you can go with that. And But I pull up all of our bajillion answers here. Oh, Travis is back. Yep. There he is. Welcome back, Travis. <clears throat> I have no idea what happened. My mic just suddenly cut out. Look, I've learned I've learned with a podcast that technology hates people. Yes. The movie Terminator is going to become true at some point. <laughs> so, again, our question for the week was, what is your favorite substrate and what do you keep it what do you keep on it and why? So, let me go through some of these answers. Uh, one person said Reptichip, which I love Reptichip. I actually just had to order Reptichip on Amazon because I forgot to pick it up at the last reptile show, which really hurt me because it's like twice the price on Amazon than at a reptile show. So if anybody likes Reptichip, go to a reptile show to get it. And that but would have been my answer as well. I did. I was out in the country with very little cell service, so mine would have also been Reptichip for my ball pythons and Aspen for pretty much everything else. Yeah, he has Reptichip for his bulls, his ball pythons, corn snakes, milks, kings. Um, I use it for my boas, my rainbow boas, my boa constrictors that are in cage. I use it for my four-foot cages. Uh, if they're in a tub, I tend not to just because I don't – my tubs hold moisture really well. And I've had in – the, in the past, not lately, but I have had mold issues and stuff uh, in tubs when I use a substrate made to hold moisture. Um. Uh, even though Ripper Chip is it's coconut and it's not supposed to mold, it it, it will. I mean, it, it's it's water. It's a dark place. You're going to grow mold. Uh, Sean on here said Cypress. I used to use Cypress. I used to go buy the big bags of Cypress from uh from Lowe's for like four bucks for two or four cubic feet or whatever it was. I don't know if either one of y'all use Cypress. I have in the past, yeah. I did when I still lived in Atlanta and I could get it. At Home Depot and Lowe's, um, up here in Virginia and Maryland, finding cypress is like pulling teeth. You just, it, there's none to be found. Huh. That's weird. I would have figured it would have been everywhere. Because I've always been in the South and I've always had access to it. Yeah. Well, you know, it grows down there, so it's possibly a little bit more regionally available. <laughs> yeah. He also, Sean also said he kept his uh, his boas and carpets on on Cypress. He also said uh, Reptichip, but Cypress. Uh, Ashley Howdy, who we mentioned earlier with Focus Cube, because she's from Focus Cube, says she has a bioactive mix of moss and topsoil. 
and a cleanup crew. Um, and then non-bioactive would be cocoa chip because it's easy to clean, which again would be something like Reptichip. And then uh, use both for monitors, Morelia, Colubrids, bearded dragons, geckos, boas, inverts, everything. Let's see. I'm trying to go through. Another person said Cypress. I haven't used Cypress in forever. I do like, I did like Cypress. Um, just Reptichip kind of took its place for me. Uh, Reptibark. I don't think I've ever bought a bag of Reptibark. I know what it. I've seen it at pet stores. I'll read Travis's response. Did I pass? Oh, wait, there's Travis. <clears throat> a base matrix of cocoa, peat, and wood pellets. And then, depending on the biome I'm working toward, I will add other components in. What is LFS, Travis? Long fibered sphagnum. So, yeah, for most of my naturalistic and bioactive things, I do an equal part of the cocoa peat. So that's the really fine grade coconut husk stuff. You know, it's basically peat moss grade. And then I take hardwood pellets, soak them in water. They basically vaporize into sawdust and mix it in with that. And that's my base. And then if I'm doing, you know, like my rubber boas, I add in one part long fiber spag and one part high quality leaf litter. And I mix that in, throw it all in. It gives it a good open matrix, good for burrowing in. Uh, Kukri's and the Calabars have the same thing. My Alterna, I take that one-to-one cocoa wood pellet. I add two parts sand and one part aquatic plant soil and use that. It holds just enough moisture to release it slowly, but it doesn't turn all boggy and nasty. Um, you you can just, you can modify it up a lot of different ways. It's got a good base for your commensals, like your isopods and your springtails and things. Um, in my larger cages, like my blackhead cage and my bread like cage, I even use some different cockroach species as cleanup crews and they do really well in it because they can bury down and burrow down in there and do well. What is APS? Aquatic plant soil. It's, uh, it's, well, the easiest way to think of it is it's basically that red gravelly stuff on the infield of baseballs, baseball fields. Um, it's a fired clay matrix. Uh, it, has some weight to it. It holds moisture really well. It lets it out slowly. Um, it doesn't tend to overly mineralize, so you don't get like weird calcium deposits and things like that. What are you using that for? Like, what, what kind of? I will use that in a more that? deserty type of matrix. So, like, I can water and just put a little bit of water in. The APS will hold that water and then slowly release it, which is kind of what you see, you know, in the desert. The water all just gets sucked up real quick and then it's slowly released back out from underground. It doesn't just sit there and pool and leave a giant mess. Where do you get rice hulls? Rice hulls. uh, I ordered a giant bag of it off of Amazon like a 20 pound bag, which is huge because rice hulls do not weigh very much on their own. So it's you know, a 
about a four foot tall bag. <laughs> um, I'll use that yeah, to mix so in with, you know, like, again, like a leaf litter. It's a lot smaller than the leaf litter, but it helps really loft the soil up and give it a good loose texture. So do you do this with everything in your collection or just a handful? Of I things? only do it with my cages. Um, for for my tubs, I just use newsprint because that's easy. Okay. So it don't feel nearly care. as bad. <laughs> you, were, you were starting to make me feel like a horrible keeper because I'm like, man, look at all these tubs with just aspen in it. But like, fuck it, you're using paper, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't feel bad now. Don't you have paper in some of yours? I do have paper in some of mine. But then Scott Iper on here says he uses butcher paper for his snakes, and Scott Iper knows what he's doing, so I don't feel bad either. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't feel bad anyway. I'm, I'm gonna do my shit however I want to do my shit. That's another thing. I, I go back to like with the Facebook uh, page group that we started. You do it. You do whatever you're gonna do. You do you. As long as your animals are are fine, that's another thing in this hobby. I think as long as your animals are healthy, there's a million ways to do this. And you can get super in depth, like Travis's recipe that he has for making dirt, or or you could just do paper, which is also what Travis does. You, you do what I, you do what's best for uh, your system. Ball pythons don't care if they're sitting on paper. That's why I yep. use it in my rooms. Yes, um, you know. Well, and then like, but for an eight foot cage, I live in- I, I, there's no good paper substrate that I can put in an eight foot cage. Plus, it looks tacky as hell, and I kind of like having my big cages more aesthetically pleasing so i make i make my cages naturalistic you know it gives the animals a bit more stimulus and stuff too you know have my blackhead digging burrows underneath the stump is a lot more enriching for her and to be able to do that obviously she needs something to dig in <clears throat> well and i i do like your rubber boa setup the naturalistic with the cork in there and all that like the, it, it, that's an awesome looking setup yeah. Like you could take a picture of the rubber boas in there, and if you didn't see all the background, it would almost look like you're taking a picture of one in the yeah. wild. And that's that's so. kind of my goal. <laughs> and and if I wasn't so lazy, that would be totally my goal. But I, I'm super fucking lazy. It's why I like snakes. I'm tired <laughs> of us getting legs. I'm going to crinkle my candy wrapper a little bit louder because he keeps shooting me dirty looks. And I like the things with I don't know if any of y'all can hear it, but she comes in eating Halloween candy. And I'm like, it's a podcast. It has a microphone. I just got off the phone with my assistant principal, and I deserve all this candy right now. (laughs) Does the day just get better, Katie? No, it's so much better. Joy. But look at that. Most of these answers, like uh, Scott Borden said, uh, keeper's choice. It's cypress mulch for his python species. It is bioactive for day geckos. Um, Brandon Millichamp has a whole process here for what he does with cocoa fiber and cocoa chip and kind of a mix of that together. Um, but I mean, it's now I like, I'll see people that use sand for their sand boas. And I'll even see people that have them in racks with sand. And if that's how you want to do it, that's how you want to do it. I'm, I know that I would never do sand in a rack for multiple reasons. But that's personal preference. That's not like that. It's bad for the animal. The one common thing that I'm seeing in a lot of people and their posts is a lot of cocoa product. Um, it's some variation of something well, cocoa. That's because most of them also talk about humidity, which is also not an issue for us, whereas it is for Travis because it gets dry as hell up there. Oh, dry as hell, they have, Virginia. They have because you'll have to use these things called heaters. Well, yeah, I don't know what that, that is. That does dry us out some, yes. Like, it's like 80 degrees here today. Yeah, I don't know when winter's going to get here, but 
but I think it already came and left. Yeah, well, it was like 70 degrees and pouring rain all day here, so. That's one thing, like, for most of my animals, I don't really have to worry about humidity. Because, I mean, it's probably 70, 60% humidity outside at any given time. So, and, my, and we're not running heat. We don't run anything that dries out or out the room. So that's never been an issue for me. But I do know, like, some people, like, you, you've got to have – you'll always see people talking about humidity for, like, their sand boas. And I'm like, man, I don't ever have to worry about the humidity for my sand boas ever. No. I don't know if you saw that post, Robert, that was on the uh, – maybe on the constrictor page. Someone posted a sand boa that was super dehydrated. Uh, I, did see, I did see that. And I'm like, I've, I've never seen one of my snakes ever look like that. That, that looks like – an animal that that's not dehydrated because of the environment being dry, but dehydrated simply because there wasn't water yes. to drink. So that thing that when people talk about, and we talked about it before, maybe talked about it with Travis, I can't remember. But when it comes to shedding issues, it's not always a humidity issue. A lot of times it has to, it's a drinking water issue. Like if they're well hydrated, they can produce the liquid between their skin and they can shed a little bit. Now that's not to say you don't need higher levels of humidity on the outside of their body as well. But if an animal's not getting water, it tends to not shed well. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. Scott Borden posted one of his blogs on that, I think. Yeah. So keep that like it's important to have fresh water for your animals to drink because a lot of animals I know will not drink unless it's fresh. Unless like they come down to like where it's just there's nothing there. But a lot of them that's why you'll see when you give you go give your snake water after two or three days of it sitting in there, give them new water. Soon after that, you'll go see them drink. I know a lot of mine do. Yep. Definitely. But. Okay. So I'm trying to remember where I was at. So that was that question. That was that. So, yeah, I know Katie wanted to bring up. Uh, now she had to go open her phone and go to it. Cause she's been busy doing other stuff. What? Life happens, and if you want to keep your third co-host from quitting on you or having life get in the way, I suggest you be a little bit nicer. Where are you going to go? You're stuck here. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. That was that reminded me. I did. I did want to pull up. So I, I love every now and then when we. I, I love any time that we get uh, comments on our reviews on like uh, on our podcast. And there was one that got left lately that I thought was funny. I just wanted to read it real quick. It said, most reptile podcasts are just a simple interview with another person. This is uh, this on you. This on you able to actually interact. Okay. Background. This This one. one. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I teach fifth grade. My my kids, my kids write a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Also, first Carly, now April. What does James do that makes everyone want to leave? Just kidding. Love the podcast and look forward to it. I don't know, but we're going to find out. Yep. Yep. At some point, someone will tell me what I did. I don't. So are we on the YouTube part of the segment? Oh, uh, well. I mean, we're not really doing anything. There's not a segment. No, I just want to. It's just bullshit. Yeah. So we last week, it was brought up in the post. And I apologize. I'm not sure of the name. uh, But his two. No, it's. it's, um, Oh, crap. What is his name from? uh, Oh, it's the two couples that have a podcast together. It's not it's, it's, confessions. It's not. It's not McVeigh. It's the. It's. And I know he's listening right now. And I'm like, I'm. Look, I'm. See, James wasn't prepared either. Well, like I, I've met him because we met him at Tinley, with uh, with Joe and all. And I can't. My brain's not working. 
Well, his children have both decided to start YouTube channels. Bill Bradley. Oh, God, that took forever. Okay. So Sorry, Bill. I decided to subscribe and watch the videos from the Turtle Talk podcast, which is his son, and from and I'm I'm gonna say this wrong and I apologize. I think it's in Diarrhea Inverts, which is his daughter talking about spiders. Like you added an extra I in there. It's very possible. I apologize. Bill, please feel free to correct me when you guys record this week. <laughs> But I I had the opportunity to watch both the podcasts. And first of all, it was fabulous to watch someone their ages do something like this. They were well-spoken. They spoke clearly so you could understand them. They had their animals with them in the video. I'm not sure who was videoing for them, but it was really just cool to watch. Uh, they, they each have two or three episodes up. And the episodes are not very long. They're like less than seven minutes. Um, so I was watching hers with her invertebrates cause she has several different spider species. And one of the things that really just blew my mind was the fact that she refers to everything with scientific name. Uh, Travis does this a lot too. And I, I'm just like, yeah, sure. And I nod, like, I know what they're talking about. Um, I do the same thing. I have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, but it just, and this is going to be me getting on a soapbox for a minute and you both have girls, so you might feel this way. You might not, but I think it's so awesome to see a well-spoken, intelligent young girl get out there and do something that other girls aren't aren't doing. And it's so cool for me to be able to tell my nine-year-old, hey, check this girl out. She's got all this cool info on tarantulas. And I just think that's so great because there's so much stuff going on in the world right now. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the reptile world as well. And you don't see, you don't see a lot of girl presence or female presence. And I just think it's so great. Now, his son that's doing the Turtle Talk podcast has some wicked setups for some of his turtles. And I'm slightly jealous that we don't have anywhere to put setups like that because that involves water. It's so cool, though. And filters. I know, and and he's got a lot. Because turtle poop smells. Horrible. And he's, James, I mean, he's got it set up. Oh, <laughs> it's so cool. But I just thought it was so great that you know here they are, teenagers, and you don't see this behavior from typical teenagers. No, yeah, that's not typical. Like I say, it's not a typical family. It's a typical family for who we know. Like the kind of people we know, it's that's it's normal to be raised around that kind of stuff. But well, it's like when Travis had his daughter write a that was awesome. a paper because there was a particular reptile that she wanted, and like that kind of stuff. No, that's to because me, Travis is a professor. Well, but still, he probably graded it. There's probably red ink on it. <laughs> sent it back to her for a redraft. I, I, I did send it back to her, but <laughs> 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 I but I just I actually stuff like that. It. I think is so great. <laughs> I um I sent it out to other people because I knew that I was too close to be objective. But I sent it out to other people to be the grading body on it. So and yes, I agree with you. It's nice to see that there are kids out there that are taking the initiative and I also think it's great to see <clears throat> the next generation of herpers coming up. Um you know, because I don't know about how you guys all came up, but, you know, pre-internet era, you know, I didn't have anybody 
to go to to learn about snakes and lizards and frogs and toads and stuff. You know, I was I was buried in books and you know watching horrible people on the Discovery Channel do evil things to snakes and, you know, loving Steve Irwin because he was awesome and over the top. And, you know, but for as much negativity as we have through the whole social media era, it's good to see that there are still some areas of it and some platforms of it that are bringing up a positive side of the next generation of herpers, you know, these kids who are, they're treating it seriously and they're learning seriously and they want to help educate others like them. I like something like what Katie, like Bill Bradley's and his kids is you're watching kids that are putting out videos that I would say is the right way in an era where there are so many people putting out, videos and information the wrong way in, in in my mind look and again it's personal preference but there's a lot of things on on youtube that i i wish was not there to give you an example we all saw the video a month or so ago of the retic the woman opened the cage came out at bitter and that went viral right yeah so much so that last night i was watching tosh.0 on comedy central and it was on there and i was like oh shit like that's that's a whole different level of people now seeing that and like i just want that video to go away but there's so much of that stuff out there, along with the free handling and all the other, the over the top characters that aren't delivering information the right way. It's cool to see these kids coming up, not trying to emulate them, but to do it better. So, I thought that was cool. Yes, I wanted to plug both of their podcasts because well, I thought it was I, so I great. I know some kids don't want to do I told Billy. Well, and and I was just about to bring that up. It got it got brought up this weekend when they were going to hear some other kids doing a, a podcast, and I, it's I have a feeling maybe over Thanksgiving or Christmas break when everybody slows down and we don't have school in life that that might be when they get reported. We still have life. We just don't have school. I don't have as much. My life, my life doesn't out. stop happening during Thanksgiving break. <laughs> Mine does. It's great. <laughs> I'll be out of town the whole week of Thanksgiving. We all, uh, we're all going to the ranch. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did want to. I did see watch a few videos on YouTube that I did want to talk about. Uh, so animals at home who has a podcast, animals at home podcast. He also has a YouTube channel, and he did a DIY pond build for his rainbow boa. And it's very like it's it's a long video. It's it's a uh, almost thirty minutes long, and it's very complex build. And he built this whole. Like full on water pond feature with flowing water and an overflow and a pump and all for his four foot long uh, enclosure, just a regular four by two by 16 or 18 or whatever enclosure. Um, I mean, I'm not going to do it. Just again, we've already talked about this. I'm lazy as hell. But anybody that has thought about wanting to put some sort of water feature into what is just a what we would normally say is a normal cage and make it look a little more. Uh, I would check out Animals at Home and his DIY pond fan and heat bulb for PVC reptile enclosure and video because uh, he, he used the foam to make it make the tank look like a rock. And then just it's it's a very complex thing. And it was really cool to see. I liked that one. Um, I don't know if anybody else watches any of that, but it popped up on mine. And then, uh, oh, snake, my, my weekly snake discovery update because I, I like Emily and. Emily's videos. Uh, they were unloading their truck 
And holy crap, they got a lot of stuff from Universal Rock. <laughs> like, it's insane. It's gonna, that place is going to look really awesome when it's done. So I'm going to have to make a trip up there. Oh, and I haven't listened to it yet, but Justin Gabilka was all Snakes and the Fat Man, which to me is still like, yeah, some people may be too young to remember the odd. I know everybody here remembers it, but the odd couple, that right there is the odd couple. Yes. Like, that is, but they've got common ground. That's the one thing about this hobby. Like, there's so many people that are so different that because we have this common thing, this common thread, it brings us together. That's one right there where I'm like, I don't feel like these two people run into each other without this. I could be wrong. I, I, I mean, I don't know them personally, but man, I mean, y- you guys have both listened to both of them. They don't seem like they would be running in the same circles if it weren't for ball pythons. Well, and if you think about it, I know you've said. Oh, Robert left and then came back. Are you there, Robert? Oh, oh, no. Robert just sent us a message that said he couldn't hear us. Travis, you can hear me, though, yes, right? Yes, I can still hear you. Okay, so maybe it was just a Robert. Robert's thing keeps going in and off of mute on my screen. Yeah. Well, I tried to unmute him and then it remuted. I don't know. We'll message him and we'll see. Uh, but like I was saying, while James gets that, that figured out, there's a lot of people in this hobby that I can honestly say I would have, <clears throat> my path would have never crossed with them had it not been for a reptile show or for something else you know a a particular species that that i was interested in or something like that and i've made some really awesome people that i consider friends and people that i talk to on a regular basis uh, both about the hobby and about other things than the hobby and so you you never really know when you have an open mind (laughs) like so i I don't know if anybody knows this but I, i i don't like ball pythons i know this seems a shocker but at some point, I am going to listen to this podcast with Kabil Kud on Snakes and the Fat Man, just because like the dynamic between the two of them will be entertaining enough. So it's pretty good. I listened that is to out it there. last week. I figured you probably listened to it. Yeah, but that I saw. Yeah, I saw that. I need to listen to that one. I haven't heard it yet. I have. I have been so everywhere with things that I have fallen so far behind on podcasts recently. <laughs> I mean, I'm on this podcast, and there's still like seven or eight episodes of this podcast that I haven't listened to. Yeah, I've, I've, so I've, I've, it's okay. <laughs> your last three are still backlogged on me. Uh, the last two. I mean, NPRs, you've only got three. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, the last two NPRs. <laughs> uh, the last two. Hey guys, I got to change out my headphones. This pair I'm wearing is going uh, dead. Give me just a second. Yeah, good. I am so far behind on so many podcasts. It's ridiculous. I have found. Well, I've listened to two mprs ago and i'm listening to the one now no i finished it so i've listened to the last two mprs and i just want to say uh if owen or eric are listening i appreciate the shout out on both podcasts i'm just saying they've mentioned us twice now i'm starting to think they like us uh we may not always mention us in in a positive light owen but i I feel like you really like us they really like me Everybody likes me. It's it's you that they're just starting to enjoy. Fuck off. Anyways. <laughs> uh, and then one other video I watched this week that I thought was kind of cool was from someone I'd never seen before. Uh, it's just one of, those, one of those things that pop up on YouTube. And you're like, yeah, I'll watch that. It was from Reptiliatus, which is, I guess, out of Canada. And they did an incredible reptile facility tour of a place in Canada. 
which had like monitors, had green tree monitors and yellow tree monitors and black tree monitors. Uh, and that was really cool. I mean, I don't keep any of those and I don't have plans to keep any of those. Although he did have Ackies and I would really like to keep Ackies at some point. But it was cool to see their setups and how they do all the green tree monitors and all that. And so to go out of my, my comfort zone to watch a video on something that I, I don't keep, which is the one reason I like YouTube. It allows me to see stuff that I know I'm never going to take care of, but just to see how it's done. Yeah, I saw, uh, you know who Rick Tozer of- is that, that does all the shows with us? What? James Ice, Mice, and Rats. Uh, Do you know who Rick is that does yeah, Ice, Mice, and Rats? He just yeah, got yeah, yeah. Uh, Croc monitors. Am I missing Those something? Awesome. I just hear James yes. exclaiming about something. You can't hear Robert? No, I can't hear Robert. Oh, no. I swear, technology sucks. <laughs> We, poor James. Yeah, it's been James just today. wanted one small victory today, and and he's not even getting it with this podcast, y'all. I might have yeah. to make tacos for talking, dinner for him just so he him. has a small victory. Can y'all can y'all see on your screens when each other talks? Robert is just no. A, it's just flatline like on you know, Travis I can see for me. Your sound file, and I can see my <laughs> sound file, and Robert's is just a white yeah. rectangle with no. Yeah, not, y'all are both talking over each other, talking so over obviously each other. you can't. <laughs> That's great. Oh no! <laughs> I I hate this. <laughs> I swear. Um. Well, I'm trying to think how we can fix this. And everybody's listening to yeah, us fix this in real time. Enjoy. Uh. I don't know if like if y'all leave and come back if that's gonna fix it or not. Let me leave and come back. Might lose everything okay, you already Travis. have. Why would you put that out there, Robert? Why Robert, would you put that out there? Because it's happened <laughs> before. If this, if this podcast messes up now, it's your fault. It's on your head, Robert. <laughs> it's like oh, when I was a cop and somebody would say, man, it sure has been quiet tonight. Yes, we can hear you, Travis. I can't. Still Tra- not seeing a line for Robert on his. Great. So y'all can't hear each other. So this will be fun. <laughs> So, so Robert, he can't hear you. So everybody gets to hear me be the in-between man for the two of them. Ooh. Okay. So I know Katie, Katie wanted to mention a podcast that neither one of us had a chance to listen to because it was posted today. But uh, I did see that it was happening because they showed a live feed the other day. Yeah. So the Herpeticulture Network did a podcast about women in the hobby and Morelia, of course. Um, and then Dominique DeFalco was on there. Who we've had on here. So I'm really excited to listen to that and listen to what she has to say. She's she's so awesome. She's got so much energy and she's so positive about everything. And I just I really enjoy listening to her and learning from her and and talking with her and, and all that good stuff. So I'm excited to hear it and listen to it. Dom is a very good person. Um, uh, that was so I am able to keep up with THP because all of their stuff goes up on YouTube as well. And I can get YouTube at work, so I can just stream. I don't know, guys. This is, this is not working. My, my mic keeps cutting out. My headphones keep cutting out. Oh, Travis, Travis it, was it talking, gets, and then you start. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It like, gets super quiet on my end, and I'm we just sitting here all say, awkward. Okay, and I assume it's because Travis is talking. And Robert I can't hear him. This is, y'all, y'all this is crazy. Are, Y'all are both talking right now. This is a cluster. Uh, So maybe we should like 
just wrap up. Okay, I think we'll, that's what we'll do. We'll wrap it up. Yeah, 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 that sounds editor. great. And it'll be okay. It, 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 it may be edited fine. We'll see how it edits. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> so Robert, if you'll pause, I'm gonna let Travis go ahead and do his little outro stuff, and then we'll do our outro stuff since you can hear us. But that way, Travis can get his in. So, Travis. If people want to talk to you about how to make cookies or have snakes with weird teeth or anything else, or talk about ball pythons, how can they get a hold of you? Um, uh, you can find me, Travis Wyman, on Facebook. Uh, I am snakes underscore n underscore bakes on Instagram. Or you can email me, asplundii, A S P L U N D I I, at Gmail. I still love snakes and bakes, is one of the best thing on. That's like. That's one of the best names. I can't believe that it was available for you and that it's not someone who just owns snakes and smokes lots of weed. It totally seems like that would be the route. Like when they, when someone finds that on Instagram, they go snakes and bakes. And then they realize, Oh no, it's about cookies and muffins. Like that's not what they were going for. <laughs> Too bad for them. They, they, they might, they might end up staying cause you know, they're stoned out of their mind, but they see cupcakes and they're like, Ooh, cupcakes. That's true. That's true. They they sit there having the munchies, and all of a sudden they see something about food. You've got them hooked, so you really get them on both sides. There you go. Uh, all right. We, so- I want to say, I, well, I want to say, I appreciate Travis for coming on because it was short notice. Uh, just, yep. just hang out. Don't leave. Let us do all of our outros and let Robert talk since his mic doesn't like him, and then we will talk once we close this out. All right, yeah. Robert, go for it. All right. If you want to find me, you can uh, go to my website, www.lsreptileracks.com or Lone Star Reptile Racks on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I get messages through all those and <laughs> feel like I answer them 24 hours a day. And I want to say that was fucking weird not being able to hear Travis aside, but hear you guys laughing at whatever he was saying. Yeah, I've been there before. It's very weird. <laughs> and and now I know the enjoy. I'm going to really enjoy editing this. Uh, I do want to say, if my messages uh robert about a rack don't do it at like three in the morning i just keep that thought make a note in your phone do it the next day when people are normally awake because i know that like people like robert people that like other build racks and cages get messages at the oddest times and i get it you may have been working you didn't get off till three in the morning (laughs) just wait till some other time in the day and message them and he'll get back to you. I promise. Or schedule an email. You can schedule an well, email to where true. it will send at a later time. I've gotten to where now I just turn my notifications off at night, but not my ringtone because there that way go. if someone needs me in emergency, they can still call me, but my notifications Perfect. aren't going crazy because I usually wake up to 10 or 15 messages and text messages. So I don't mind because I just answer them all while I'm eating breakfast in the morning. But uh, yeah, it's, he- it's crazy. He says while he's eating breakfast, he's actually on the toilet. You know it is. That's when everybody uses their phone. James, not everybody uses their toilet on the phone. Everyone uses their phone on the toilet. Everyone. Oh, no, everyone. What else do you do when you're on the toilet? You use the the toilet. What is wrong with (laughs) you people? You got time to kill. You're there. You can't can't rush perfection, Katie. Oh, my God. Uh, if you need to find me, you can get in touch with me through either one of these people. Uh, you can also find me through the Reptile Gumbo. What do you podcast. mean by these people? You and Robert, you are those people. What do you mean by those these people? Poop, these poop people that wait, are wait, talking what? about poop. Or poop people. Talking about toilets. Forget you. 
Oh my goodness. You're such a poop person. <laughs> it's our quiet place. Oh my God. <laughs> it is true. And the door locks. And if you're in there, people really, well, I said they don't bother you. Now that we have two functioning bathrooms, unlike the old house, I can go to the one that doesn't have the tub. And as long as I'm in there, I can be there forever. Oh my gosh. It's quiet. <laughs> It's just me. Uh, oh, this just went off the okay. rails. <laughs> Anywho. Any poo. You can find us at the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Facebook. And that's really all I know. It really, that was a great outro. Anyways, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get me at Simply Serpents on Facebook or Simply Underscore Serpents on Instagram or the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Facebook or the Reptile Gumbo Podcast gum past the reptile gumbo podcast at gmail.com uh yeah it was a weird episode i know like i said shit happens we got this done uh i appreciate anybody that has joined our discussion group and again jump on over there join our reptile gumbo podcast discussion group join the discussion post some pictures got a thought just throw it out there somebody will comment on it uh, our number one rule on the, on that whole group, and it's in there. Actually, the number it may actually say the number four rule, but the number one rule really is don't be a dick. That's really all it is, uh, and that really should be your number one rule in life. And there's a difference between being a dick and it, like and still being a decent person, and then being a dick on Facebook. That's a completely different thing. Don't be yep. that dick. And thanks so. for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're going to get off that soapbox and James is going to edit a podcast. Fuck. Oh, anyways, thank y'all for listening. That is it. Goodbye. See y'all.